This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. In the next 19 seconds, you could sell your home. Okay, it's, I mean, it's not going to sell your home, I mean, this, but it, you're going to take a big step toward getting it sold. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com and find an agent selected by my team, a professional who shares your values and speaks the truth. Sell your home fast and for the most money. Get moving at realestateagentsitrust.com. And now, the Blaze Radio Network presents 40 Acres and a Fool. Here's your host, Cam Edwards. Greetings from the near frontier. Thanks so much for tuning in to another edition of 40 Acres and a Fool from the Blaze Radio Network. Cam Edwards, your host. Uh, Missy, not with us this week. Uh, just one of those things. I was hoping that we could record the podcast on Thursday night and uh, the Virginia tasting uh, cellar opened up in uh, Farmville, Virginia, and we went out uh, to see our friends and to congratulate them uh, on their opening. And it's a, 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 I've talked about this before, but it's a, a beautiful location. It's a really cool idea. There's nothing like it uh, in the state of Virginia. I think right now they've got uh, last night at the, at the sort of soft opening, I think there were six different wineries that were there uh, from all across the state. You can do your tastings. You can, you know, get, it's like visiting Again, six wineries at one location. There's nothing like that. Um, and it's it's just a really nice setting. It's right there on the Appomattox River. Um, it's beautiful. And it was a, a, a fantastic success last night. Um, and I was really glad to see that. But uh, it would have been a slightly schnuckered version of 40 Acres and a Fool had we recorded uh, Thursday evening because we uh, went home and uh, I had a little bit of... Uh, little bit more wine. And uh, so we decided not to do a slightly schnockered version of 40 Acres and a Fool. So instead of the picnic table, instead of the kitchen table, you get me at the uh, studio of NRA News Cam and Company uh, bright and early on a Friday morning. And um, I, I, I do want to just say thank you again for uh, everyone who has been um, Letting Missy know that uh, she's in their thoughts and their prayers. Uh, the messages you've been sending on uh, Instagram at Corny Goat Farm, it really does mean a lot to her. Uh, and it means a lot to me. And, and I just want to take a moment to thank you. Um, I feel like we've sort of been talking about this so much. And I, and I you know, the, the podcast is 40 Acres and a Fool. And this is what we're dealing with, though. Unfortunately, we're not. I, I wish we were dealing with the garden. I wish we were dealing with uh, getting ready to process hogs. Um, we do actually do have some farm updates uh, to get to. We had sort of an unexpected discovery this week that we'll talk about. But uh, I, this is just taking up so much of our time uh, and so much of our energy. And I, I feel, in a way, I feel bad. <laughs> I don't know why, uh, but I feel bad that we uh, keep talking about this every week. Um, I guess if, you know, you're interested in small farming and you're not interested in uh, what's going on in our lives, then you'll probably be listening to another podcast. I don't know why I have to feel bad about it, but uh, I, I I do in a way. Um, but I really do thank you for the uh, the kind words. It may be that I'm feeling bad because, as I said last week, I, I don't think I'm processing this really well. Um, it's been a pretty rough week for Missy as we get closer to the actual surgery. And if you're new, by the way, if this is your first 40 acres in a fool, 
you picked a really weird time to start listening uh, in my life anyway, because uh, in, in my co-host, Miss E's life, uh, who's my wife, uh, because earlier this summer we thought it was pneumonia, then it wasn't pneumonia, then it turns out it's a lung tumor, and in about a week she's going to have to have her lower left lung removed. Uh, and this has been uh, really tough to deal with. You know, when we went to the surgeon and we talked with him, um, I think Miss E walked away feeling better. I walked away feeling better. But in in a way, I think one of the reasons why we're feeling better is because it was still a couple of weeks away. The surgery wasn't happening tomorrow. It wasn't happening, you know, uh, right then and there. We had a couple of weeks. And we spent that first week trying to put it out of our mind as much as possible, while at the same time trying to get ready as much as possible, uh, arranging for my oldest daughter to come home uh, and uh, and help stay with the kids while I'm at the hospital with Missy, e, uh, things of that nature, you know, just all of the planning that goes on into this. And then at the same time, you don't want to be thinking about this 24 hours a day, so then it's a matter of trying to distract yourself. Um, and so here we are now about a week out, and it has become, I think, a, a futile exercise uh, to try to distract ourselves from what's happening. So now the now the uh, the difficulty is trying not to freak out about it. And it's my job to be the emotional sponge to to take that fear and the doubt and the anger that this is happening and the worry. Um, and all of those things, and to just absorb that from Missy so that hopefully she can get it out and feel a little bit better. I'm not expecting her to be, you know, walking on sunshine, uh, Katrina in the waves, but I, I, I hope that she can find some peace and some balance before uh, the surgery. So it has been a, uh, it's been kind of a, a hard week. And so I certainly would uh, continue to appreciate your thoughts and your prayers. I know that uh, we're going to be in for a pretty scary time here for a little bit. As far as the uh, schedule for the podcast goes, I I wish I could tell you. I'm going to do my best every week to to put something together. But obviously, schedules are going to be a little wonky and wacky and... um, I might have to miss a week or two. I know that you'll understand. I'll, I'll, uh, my plan actually is to return to social media. I know I keep saying this. I was going to actually. Um, I thought the day after Labor Day would be a good day to return to social media, and then I got to work and I had so much stuff to do that I it just seemed like I, it seemed like an obligation, and I don't want it to be an obligation, so I didn't go back. Um, so now my plan is when I have a lot of things on my mind and uh, a lot of time waiting in uh, hospital rooms and in hospital lobbies, that's probably when I will return uh, to social media. So I'll be back. I'll be updating folks uh, with what's going on, even if I can't get to a podcast. But I am going to try to keep to as uh, normal a schedule as possible here on 40 Acres and a Fool. So that's the update from Miss E and the health front and uh, and thank you again just just thank you for um for keeping us and keeping her uh, in your thoughts and your prayers so when we come back here on this edition of 40 acres and a fool we'll actually talk to, uh, about some of what's going on on the farm we did have a rather shocking discovery this week 
kind of suspected something, but uh, no, this was now confirmation that uh, after, what, nearly four years of raising chickens, still have a lot to learn. Stick around. We've got more 40 Acres and a Fool from the Blaze Radio Network coming up next. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. In the next 19 seconds, you could sell your home. Okay, it's, I mean, it's not going to sell your home, I mean, this, but it, you're going to take a big step toward getting it sold. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com and find an agent selected by my team, a professional who shares your values and speaks the truth. Sell your home fast and for the most money. Get moving at realestateagentsitrust.com. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. So a few months ago, uh, when we lost some of our chickens, we um, we got a young rooster from one of our friends. And we've been waiting for this young rooster to grow up a little bit so he can do what roosters do. And this weekend, uh, Miss E heard a crow uh, early in the morning. Actually, it wasn't even this weekend. I think it was earlier this week. I think it was uh, Tuesday of this week. Um, Miss E heard a crow. We haven't heard a crow in our yard since Chip died. Uh, Chip, our uh, one of our original roosters. And, uh, and so Missy goes outside and looks because the rooster is still pretty small. As it turns out, uh, the rooster is not the one that's crowing. <laughs> no. Uh, an Americana that we thought was a hen, admittedly a really large hen compared to the other ones that uh, uh, we have, but we still thought it was a hen. Um, nope. The hen is a rooster and you can start to see the the very beginnings of the uh, the heel spurs still is a really small comb but it now definitely explains why this hen was so much bigger than the uh, the other hens and kind of explains the rather uh, roosterish tail feathers that were starting to appear so yeah what we thought was a hen really a rooster and now I'm kind of wondering okay so is the young rooster really a rooster or uh, is the young rooster really a hen? Because I got to say, this young rooster is still a lot smaller than uh, what I would expect it to be. Um, apparently, Missy e says, not a big deal. If we end up having two roosters, right now we only have, that would make five hens. So that would actually be kind of problematic. But uh, uh, we do have more chickens on the way that are being raised right now. So... Um, we'll get those hopefully before the uh, first frost. And then even if we have two roosters, there will be plenty of hens for the uh, roosters to to protect. So that was sort of the 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 say what moment. Um, we still have two of our goats that uh, are deciding to emulate Harry Houdini and uh, David Copperfield. And they're getting loose no matter what we do uh, cannot find where it is that they uh, are getting out. They are the two largest goats that we have. So the, uh, you know, uh, Nigerian dwarf goats, I, I, I don't I really I don't know if they're jumping over the uh, the netting just aside. You know, I'll, I'll take the shock for a second. Um, 
I don't know what's going on. Maybe we need to put up a uh, trail cam and try to catch them in the act. But uh, we've got two goats that are basically free-ranging right now during the day, whether we like it or not. We've also uh, started letting the chickens out again. I'm, I'm a little concerned about this, but uh, we have not seen any signs of predators and we typically don't until the first sign that we've got a predator around is one of our chickens disappears. So I am a little concerned about leaving the chickens out, but it has been so dry uh, in our part of Virginia over the past month or so uh, from a very, very wet start to the summer to now just absolutely parched. Uh, really, for the first time, I think since we moved, my yard is got really large dead spots. That's never happened in the uh, four years that we've been here. Uh, it's always been the type of thing where it's like, okay, you can. Uh, I grew up in Oklahoma. I'm used to our yards being dead by the Fourth of July, and you don't have to worry about mowing anymore. Um, last year, there was nonstop. Never had a break in mowing uh, from early April all the way through uh, November. And uh, the yard is dead to the point that I, I really won't have to mow. Uh, in fact, last night I was really concerned. I took the dogs out about uh, eleven o'clock one night, and I uh, last night I could I could smell smoke uh, in the air, and I couldn't see any you know signs of flames. But um, I am I'm a little concerned about uh, the possibilities for wildfires in uh, central Virginia right now because of how dry everything is. So we've been letting the, uh, the chickens peck far uh, as far as they want to go, trying to find, uh, uh, you know, grass and seed for them to eat. But uh, we're probably going to have to start supplementing and not even supplementing. We're probably going to have to start actually putting them on winter rations a little earlier than we had anticipated just because of the lack of uh, growth in the area. The peppers are still doing well, though. That's that's the good news. So um, volunteer tomatoes keep popping up here and there. Not enough to do anything with other than to put them on a sandwich or just wash them and eat them right away. Um, but the peppers are doing really well. Missy e still suspects that the majority of the peppers that are surviving and thriving are actually ghost peppers, which will make her hot sauce even hotter than it normally has been when she starts making it later in the year. But all of the peppers are doing well. We do have some Hungarian cheeses, Missy says, that are starting to come along. And I think I think she said some uh, poblanos that are also uh, doing really well in the garden. So it, it's not been a complete and, and total loss. We do have um, several jars of peppers that are pickling right now. That's the first step for Missy's hot sauce. And she is looking forward to, as part of her recovery, uh, being able to get up and around and into the kitchen and start making some of this stuff. She's also saying how she's going to use this uh, uh, recovery time to knit a lot of things. So she wants to keep busy. She wants to stay busy as much as she can. God bless her. Um, and, and hopefully she's uh, able to get back in the kitchen as soon as possible. Uh, in the meantime, you know, again, we're not milking right now. We, uh, the, the, the farm is fairly, um, it, 
it's kind of in a state of stasis right now, right? We, we've decided we're not going to launch any big new product projects. We're not going to do anything uh, huge. So it's just a matter of taking care of the three kids and the three dogs and the six goats and the, I, you know, go on and on. Just the two pigs, though, um, who also one of them got out this week as well, as a matter of fact. I uh, they, Normally, their pigs don't like electricity at all. So we have no issues with our hogs in the electro fence. Um, this week, we did. Uh, there must have been something wrong with the battery. Um, we have a trickle charger. We'll try to swap them out every so often and just uh, recharge them because the solar panel doesn't always work so well. But it's not like we've had an abundance of cloudy, rainy days. It's been really, really sunny. But for whatever reason, the battery was not working on the uh, fence. And so one of the hogs figured this out and uh, got underneath the fence. So Missy's at the kitchen sink. Uh, and looks out across the yard, and she sees the goats who get loose now uh, every day. Uh, and they were staring at something, and Missy looked and thought it was a stray dog, and said, oh, no, that's not a stray dog. That is that is a loose hog. Uh, it was, surprisingly enough, um, not a huge deal to get the hog back uh, under the fence. Uh, hogs are very food-driven, so it's just a matter of getting some hog chow um, walking it over, letting them see the hog chow, throwing the hog chow over the fence, letting the hog go back under the fence, and then putting in a new battery uh, there at the uh, at the panel so that uh, the fence actually works. So uh, thankfully, that was not a a nightmare to try to get the hogs back in. We have really we have really docile hogs. They like to be uh, you know listen. Happy hogs make tasty bacon, and I think our hogs are some of the happiest on earth. All right, we're going to step away for just a moment or two. We've got some uh, stories that I want to talk about. We've got some emails that I want to get to as well. So stick around. There's more 40 Acres and a Fool from the Blaze Radio Network coming up next. You're listening to 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. The progressive movement is full of lies. Why do Americans keep falling for the deception? In his new book, Liars, Glenn Beck reveals the simple answer, fear. At our most basic level, we're all afraid of something. And progressives exploit this by offering us solutions to our fears. Solutions based on lies and an unrelenting hunger for power and control. Understanding the roots of these lies is key to helping us stop the disease of progressivism. Liars by Glenn Beck. On sale now at glennbeck.com slash liars. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards returns now on the Blaze Radio Network. So Bob and Lisa wrote in this week, said, Cam and Missy, been enjoying your podcast, praying for Missy. My wife and I recently purchased our own 40-acre farm in central Indiana. Congratulations, Bob and Lisa. Bob says, it is in need of a lot of work, but we're trying to transform it into our own little piece of paradise. We moved in too late to start a garden, save the Blue Lake beans that we planted in a baby pool in the attempt to make them portable. Heavy rains just before we moved made it nearly impossible to take them with us. Luckily, Bob says, we've leased some of the tillable ground and there are soybeans growing, so we will have some income. Additionally, we've cut the pasture and will bay the hail tomorrow. 
Having lived in Virginia for over 20 years before moving to Indiana, I can picture most of what you're talking about as you tell us of your travels. I've lived all over the state, spending the bulk of my time in Hampton Roads, Richmond, and oh yeah, Northern Virginia. Bob says, I lived just outside of the Beltway for 12 years, having worked at Dulles Airport, air traffic control. Bob says, I can honestly say I don't miss it, and I have no desire to go back. My 14-mile drive grew longer every year until I needed almost an hour to get to work. Uh, Bob says, thanks for the podcast. It makes me, feel, makes me feel better as I stumble around my farm. It's wonderful to watch the sunrise over the pond in the morning. It makes the hard work feel so much more worthwhile, such as scraping the stone back into the driveway after every rain. Uh, Miss E., we, you are in our thoughts and our prayers. We plan to listen to you for many years to come. Bob and Lisa from the Two Bricks Farm. Bob, thank you so much for writing in. Congratulations on you and your wife's new adventure there in central Indiana. Uh, 40 acres. What, I, I, when I when we first bought this place, I talked with a guy who um, I was out at SHOT Show in Las Vegas. And uh, I was telling him about uh, this, and he had grown up on a farm. And uh, he said, "How big is that?" I said, "It's forty acres." And he said, "Oh, so he said it's not." Uh, he said, "It's not big enough to make a lot of money, but it's uh, just enough to have some fun." Uh, and I said. I hope it's enough to make a little bit of money <laughs> as well as having some fun. And I hope that it's big enough for you to make a little money as well, Bob. Uh, I've got to ask, though, because my 16-year-old son is now thinking about uh, air traffic control as a career. And so if you don't mind, I know you've got a lot of stuff going on right now, but if if you don't mind, Bob, I would love to get your thoughts on um, your time as an air traffic controller, what did you enjoy it? Um, would you recommend this as a career for someone who is, you know, 16 and is looking to um, lo- looking at this as, as a possibility in the future? And if if so, what would you recommend uh, he do? What what can he do to um, to stand out and to, uh, to to get into this field? If, if you don't mind answering those questions in a follow up email, I would love to hear from you again. And thank you so much for uh, writing in today. Greg also wrote in. He says, I always like it when you talk about Oklahoma. My mom grew up there. My grandparents lived there until they passed away a few years ago. I've lived all over Texas, but Oklahoma City was always a second home to me because no matter where we lived at the time, we always went there at Christmas and in the summer. I have many fond memories of going to Oklahoma City 89ers games at their long-since-demolished stadium and doing various other things around the area and even more far-flung parts of Oklahoma with my family. I I remember going to the 89ers games, Greg. I, that was one of the best parts of being a kid was going to the 89ers games, seeing the fireworks after the game. It seemed like every Every year, the Beach Boys played uh, a concert uh, at the uh, minor league ballpark. Uh, Steve Miller was usually at the zoo amphitheater every summer, but the Beach Boys were always at 89ers games. Uh, Last week, Greg says, we went back to Oklahoma City, and my parents met us there to spend some time with family who still live there. We ate a Johnny's Charcoal Broiler. Oh, man. Some of the best burgers around ever, Greg. City Bites. Fantastic deli. The bathrooms are kind of weird, right, Greg? Because the bathrooms are actually like two-way glass, and so it looks like a mirror from the outside. You go into the bathroom, and you can see the restaurant while you're doing your business, and that's always just weirded me out. Uh, My parents took my son to the Science Museum, which was called the Omniplex back when I was a kid. Yeah, and it still is the Omniplex to me. Uh, We saw the H&H shooting sports, but we didn't have time for a visit. I'll have to rectify that, Greg says, on a future visit. You will have to, because that is a uh, can't-miss spot in Oklahoma City. Greg says, uh, I enjoy hearing about your garden. 
we don't have one this year, but we've done it before, and we hope to do it again. I also enjoy hearing about the various projects you all get into, including Miss E's crafting endeavors. My wife collects crafts like some people do sports cards. She's a crocheter, and she often takes a hook and a modest supply of yarn with her. She usually makes little stuffed animals in the amigurumi style, which she usually winds up giving away. Mostly she doesn't have something to do with her hands. Greg says, I had the opportunity to meet you at the 2013 NRA annual meeting in Houston. Thanks for the brief conversation and the selfie with you. While we were there, my wife crocheted a couple of small animals, turtles, I think, and we gave them to you for your kids. I'm wondering what they thought of them. They loved them, Greg. And I remember that. Thank you. It is, uh, uh, and, and Miss E does the same thing, by the way. She'll make like the little animals and then she'll just give them away. Greg says, uh, thanks for letting me ramble and reminisce. Looking forward to the 2018 meeting in Dallas. Uh, Greg in Dallas, not to be confused with the Greg with the llamas, I guess, unless you get llamas, Greg in Dallas, in which case you will be uh, Texas Greg with the llamas. And thank you. And I'm looking forward to Dallas in 2018, the NRA annual meeting there. Hopefully, maybe, Greg, you can get out to Atlanta in 2017, because I think that is going to be a fantastic uh, NRA annual meeting as well. I also heard from Patty in California and her husband, um, who said that, uh, and I've known Patty for a long time now. I've never actually had a chance to meet uh, her husband, but her husband is a doctor, uh, Jeff. And uh, Jeff was nice enough to send in um, some information for Missy. And I got to tell you, Patty and Jeff, um, there was a night when there was a bit of a freak out happening. I, I, I think it's safe to say. And I remembered your email and I shared your email with Missy and just hearing what you all had to say from a medical perspective. It really did help. So so thank you for writing in. Um I don't want to share that portion of the email with you, but I do want to share the part of the email where Patty and Jeff talks about buying 26 acres in McKinney, Texas, and uh, starting their plans to become farmers. And yet, Patty and Jeff in California are one of the few conservatives in California that I know of who had the opportunity to move to Texas and yet did not. They're still there in California. Fast forward to today, Patty says, my son hated Texas. He had moved to Dallas. But he didn't like the weather and the slowness of things. And so he moved back to California, where we all love the weather and hate almost everything else. My oldest got married last year to an awesome Russian-born American beauty inside and out. They sat us down and made us promise that we would not move because we needed to be close to Los Angeles when the grandbabies arrived. How could we refuse? So they're trying to sell their land in Texas, perhaps look for some acreage in Big Bear, California. Patty says, maybe after all, we can have a farm. An alpaca farm. Well, listen, I I wish you the very best, Patty. You know, I would say uh, Arizona's not far away. Um, <laughs> maybe you could get a ranch there, and uh, and you'd still be able to drive to Los Angeles within a few hours, and uh, and you'd still have your freedom. But uh, you know what? We do need freedom fighters in California, and thank you and your husband for being uh, those who are advocating for liberty and freedom. And thank you again for the kind words and the well wishes. I. I really, really do appreciate it, and so does Missy. E. Now, speaking of California, I saw this story. Um, this is going to have a huge impact on agriculture in California. This is from uh, CBS San Francisco. Actual headline, Cow Fart Regulations Approved by California's Legislature. California's legislature has approved regulations on cow flatulence and manure, both blamed for releasing greenhouse gases. 
measure was approved shortly before the end of the legislative session uh, after its author, Democratic Senator Ricardo Lara of Bell Gardens, agreed to give dairy farms more time to comply. The legislation seeks to reduce methane emissions associated with manure to 40 percent below their 2013 levels by 2030. Methane is one of several gases, CBS San Francisco says, known as short-lived climate pollutants that don't persist for long in the atmosphere but have a huge influence on the climate. Uh, the bill also calls for efforts to significantly increase composting to eliminate the amount of food waste in landfills, which releases methane when it breaks down. So the uh, the cow fart regulations, you might be wondering, San, uh, CBS in San Francisco didn't actually describe what was going to have to be done in order to regulate the cow farts. Um, but apparently they're talking about changing the diets of cows. And in some cases, uh, this, this boggles my mind. Because if you're talking about, so on the one hand, we want the grass-fed, right, free-ranging beef cows. We don't want them in feedlots. We don't want them fed just a, a bunch of, you know, corn and uh, food that they wouldn't be eating normally, right? That We don't want that, right? We want the, the grass-fed black Angus beef. But apparently now we don't want them to eat the grass that they're eating. So what does that mean for farmers, are they going to have to actually try to plow under all of their pastures, plant new grass that the state says uh, will produce fewer cow farts per million or whatever? This, this to me, is just absolutely insane. Uh, and note, by the way, that it's 2016. They've got this regulation. They want to reduce the emissions by 40% by 2030, right? Uh, which gives, again, all kinds of time to delay and uh, push back and turn this into a political issue and grant political favors. And, okay, dairy farmers, you can have another year. Uh, don't you feel good about us? And you're going to vote for us now, right, that we've uh, given you such leniency. I just I don't like this at all. And I think that this is going to be a really, really bad move uh, and a really, really uh, tough spot for a lot of dairy farmers and uh, cattle ranchers in the state of California. Anyway, we're going to take a quick time out. We've got more 40 Acres and a Fool from the Blaze Radio Network coming up, so stick around. We'll be right back after this. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. And maybe there were some poor souls sitting at a desk uh, in one of the buildings or a couple of people who were also killed by this. Very sad. Certainly did not think that when all was said and done, over the course of that day, 2,996 people uh, would have lost their lives. Buck Sexton. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards returns now on the Plays Radio Network. So Gary in North Carolina sent me this story about 15 seconds after I saw this story. I think it was at FARC.com. And I had emailed this story to myself, and then all of a sudden, Gary sends this to me. So Gary, uh, you and I were having a mind-meld moment earlier this week. The story is from uh, metro.co.uk. Uh, Ellen Scott writing, there is now a retreat where you can do yoga with goats. Yes. 
does Ellen Scott for uh, Metro.co.uk uh, writes, yoga is great once you get into it. It's calming. You feel all at one with your body and you get to be all smug about being a person who does yoga. It's all brilliant. And so the idea of a yoga retreat sounds like a glorious thing. But then you see the prices and you realize that it really doesn't seem that worth it to drop hundreds of pounds just so you can do something that you might do free at home just in a slightly nicer environment. Why bother when you can do yoga anywhere, right? Unless there's some kind of fancy perk, of course, like an incredible view or free cocktails or goats. Yeah. No Regrets Farm in Willamette Valley, Oregon, is now offering people the opportunity to do their daily yoga with goats. The Goat Retreat, set up by former professional photographer Lainey Morse, who wanted to start a new business based on her farm. When a local yoga instructor was searching for a place for her classes, Lainey offered up her farm along with the goats that live there. To be clear, the uh, goats don't actually participate in the yoga. Well, duh, they're goats. Uh, They're there more for moral support and the weird factor, preventing you from getting bored midway through all that deep breathing. Uh, Lainey says it really is a wonderfully unique experience. It may sound silly, but it's really just about getting outside in nature with beautiful scenery and having animals around you. Animals can really help humans with stress uh, and illness or grief. Listen, I think this is fantastic i love this idea i would i i I actually i would think about doing yoga if my goats were actually involved one of the pictures by the way at metro.co.uk uh is a woman who is in i don't know what kind of position that would be um but she has a little baby goat that is standing on her back that is uh, sniffing the back of her neck uh goats do like to climb on you Mr. Freckles used to, as area, anytime I would bend over to pick something up in the, uh, uh, the, the area where we had the goats, Mr. Freckles would then jump onto my back, climb up onto my shoulder, and perch there like a furry parrot. Uh, goats do like to do that with guys. I, I, again, I think it's a fantastic idea. Good for the farm. Probably making a little bit of money. Um, who knows? Maybe one day we will have goat yoga classes at uh, Corny Goat Farm. Maybe we'll be the yoga goat farm. Maybe we'll actually try to teach our goats a few of the uh, positions. That's probably going to be a difficult proposition. Uh, James wrote in this week as well out in Colorado Springs just to uh, say he's keeping us in his thoughts and our prayers. And James, thank you, sir. I do appreciate that. David also writing in. Says, I thought Miss E could use a laugh. Uh, seeing as laughter is a good medicine, I thought that I would pass these along, especially for Miss E. I've been in the hospital more than once to have major surgery. I'm glad that my wife was there to make sure that all that came in the door of my hospital room washed their hands. Yes, I will be. I will be the bouncer. Uh, I will be the antibacterial bouncer. Miss E. David says, I know Cam will do the same for you. He said he would in a recent podcast. He's a good man. He has your front and center in his heart as he does your entire family. Thank you, David. I, I appreciate that. Uh, David says, uh, Cam, here is a picture below of some of our founding fathers that I thought uh, specifically of you. It has to do with present day technology and how our founding fathers may have been able to think of the future, may have really been able to think of the future. You'll know it when you see it. So uh, David, Ontario, California, sent in this uh, picture, a series of memes, how to pose with statues. There's a a statue of a a bear. There's a woman laying on top of it. There's a little Cupid getting ready to draw back a bow, but the bow is gone. Now it looks like he's getting ready to punch a guy in the face. Uh, All kinds of uh, uh, very amusing uh, pictures. And then uh, there is one of Benjamin Franklin, and I believe that's supposed to be 
Thomas Jefferson, although, I don't know, maybe it's Patrick Henry. It looks more like Patrick Henry to me. And uh, Franklin, someone has put their iPhone in Franklin's hand, and it looks like he is getting ready to take a selfie. And that is, yes, I knew it when I saw it, David. That is awesome. Thank you. I, I Look, I, again, we've talked about this before. The Founding Fathers, especially, like, to say that Ben Franklin would have been shocked, right, at semi-automatic firearms. Oh, the Founding Fathers could have envisioned this today. Ben Franklin was an inventor. I mean, Ben Franklin thought of a lot of things that weren't in existence at the time and made them possible. Uh, Thomas Jefferson did too, although I think he was a little bit more derivative than uh, we like to think sometimes. But he was still a very creative mind. These guys were actually really creative minds. They were interested in um, real progress, not 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 this you know false premise of uh, utopian uh, progress, but but actual progress. Uh, things that made uh, life easier and better when life was really freaking hard compared to what we have today. Uh, They knew and they loved the idea of technological progress, but they also, I think, um, were worried and concerned about what that uh, technological progress, um, you know, everything comes with a cost. And, uh, you know, this was sort of pre-industrial revolution. So, they may have been less concerned about the cost than uh, later generations simply because they didn't see all of the effects, uh, good and bad, that uh, the Industrial Revolution and ultimately, uh, you know, modern technology has provided. But uh, but to say that they just would have been gobsmacked and uh, they would have known what to do, uh, yeah, they, they, they would have. They're, they're, they're pretty smart guys. All right, that is going to do it for this edition of 40 Acres and a Full. Thanks again for joining us this week. I promise you we will be back just as soon as we possibly can. Uh, it may very well be next week. I'm going to try to make it next week, but uh, it may be two weeks before we get back here. But in the meantime, be safe, have fun, live a little. Hell, live a lot. Learn a lot, too, but live a lot. And we will uh, talk to you soon here with more 40 Acres and a Fool from the Blaze Radio Network. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network.